The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Well, good morning and welcome to the Source of Truth podcast on this uh, Wednesday morning. And we are so glad you're with us this morning as we continue through the book of the, book of the Bible, uh, book of Ecclesiastes. And we've been going through that now for a couple of weeks. And uh, so if you're following along with us, we're in Ecclesiastes chapter 6. We're going to pick up in verse 7 here in just a moment. And I want to invite you to tonight's service, whether you're watching online or joining us in person. Uh, we've been doing a Bible study in the adult Bible study through the parables of Jesus. And so we'd love to invite you to join us. It's a great time of study. It's very different than our Sunday services. It's discussional. It's, it's really, it's very casual in its dress and its atmosphere and it's set up to ask questions and to be able to break down and ask the, the simple questions, the complicated questions. The, um, so we're hoping that you'd uh, be willing to come. Join us seven o'clock tonight while that's happening. Teenagers will meet in the youth group. Children's church, will, uh, children's program, kids club will meet as well. And they have their own full program as well. So the entire family's invited to come and enjoy some part of ministry that we hope will encourage each and every one of them. But right now we're in Ecclesiastes chapter six and I'm gonna pick up at verse seven. We went to verse six yesterday. Let's go to verse seven. The Bible says, all the labor of man is for his mouth and yet the appetite is not filled. For what hath the wise more than the fool? What hath the poor that knoweth to walk before the living? Better is the sight of the eyes than the wandering of the desire. This is also vanity and vexation of spirit. So as I look at this, I had been listening to a couple of preachers recently, and for me, at least in my time as I'm listening to them, I've caught one thing that I find intriguing uh, kind of flowing through a lot of these different messages are these pastors, and there's pastors preaching to pastors, but they're making a big push that the world constantly comes to the Word of God, not necessarily finding out what the Word of God has to say, but coming to the Word of God to justify their opinion of what they want it to say. I, I believe this, this is how I feel, and I'm going to find somewhere in the Bible to prove me right, and until I find something to prove me wrong, well, then obviously I'm okay, and I, we missed the point. The point is, the Bible is what it is, and it states what it states, and the question isn't, can I find something that I believe or don't agree, whatever. The question is, am I willing to follow the Bible? Am I willing to listen and follow and obey what's in here? So today we're going to look at something that when the way it's worded, and, and again, sometimes in the, the, poetical ver, the poetical style that Solomon uses, it's very easy for us to wonder where is he going with this passage. But believe it or not, these, these verses are very relevant in a very simplistic application today. So he says in verse 7, all the labor of man is for his mouth, and yet the appetite is not filled. So he says that what we do, simply our labor is good. It's good for us to enjoy, to consume. I make money, which allows me to buy food and have on my table, and allows me to, basically the idea of mouth is consuming, consume the things that I've done. I labor and I work so that I can purchase things and use things and then consume them and enjoy them as part of my life. And I have a car, I can go places, I have extra money, I can take vacation, I, I buy food, I can enjoy eating it, and I shouldn't feel bad about that. Now obviously, if God is blessed and we can give and be a blessing to others, that's what we should do as well. But when it comes down to it, he's saying that we have to get, what he's really coming to is a very particular mindset in the area of finances. Uh, we talked the last couple of days about the idea that sometimes if we're not careful, what happens is, is our mindset comes under this understanding that, I, that money 
and in, in position, all this is supposed to bring some level of fulfillment in and of itself. And we realize it won't because here's the question. What happens in that process if for some reason you lose your job? What happens if the business you're in shuts down? What happens if you're locked down, sent back home? What happens if you don't get the position or the promotion that you thought you were going to get? And what happens if the reason you didn't is a level of injustice? It's easy for us, if we're not careful, we, we can become consumed with that. It can become overwhelming. And if that becomes our identity in life is those things, then when they don't come, well, then it can become quite discouraging. He says in verse eight, for what hath the wise more than the fool? What hath the poor? that knoweth to walk before the living. The simplistic way to look at this is simply the idea, I can have a lot of wisdom, I can have a lot of wealth, but what really do I have? I have some more things, but I well, think about it. I could have more stress, I could have more responsibility, and that's not wrong, but when it comes down to it, am I gaining more fulfillment than somebody who has less than me? So I might have a bigger house or a nicer car or, or better this or better that, but do I really have more? than those who make less than me or those who are poorer than me. Because if my fulfillment's found in these things, the answer is no. If my fulfillment is found in finance, found in material things, frankly, I will be less content than someone who has less than me. Because if I get this house, there's always a bigger home. There's always a nicer car, faster car, cooler car. New. There's always something better than what I currently have. And so the moment I gain all this fulfillment, then I realize it's antiquated. And it's just the way it is. It's the way it's set up. So the fulfillment is not found. So it comes down, really, fulfillment's not found in this financial aspect. There is a contentment. And he says this in verse 9. I love this first verse because I think it kind of encapsulates all of what we're trying to talk about today. Verse 9, better is the sight of the eyes than the wandering of the desire. This is also vanity and vexation of the spirit. So here's a simple way. Better is the sight of the eyes. It's better to live in light of what you have and what you can see and what you currently own than living your whole life wishing you had something you don't have. It's better to be content with the house that you have and, and live at it, enjoy everything that can happen in the home and all the wonderful life you can make than wishing you had the bigger home down the street. Enjoy the car you have and go enjoy, live in fulfillment and take your family out and do stuff with it. It's better to enjoy that, what you do have, than to sit there in depression that you don't have a Tesla, you don't have this, you don't have that. And that's kind of the idea because there's always something bigger and better. So it's better to live with what you can see, what you have, what you've been given, than to live in this fantasy world of what you wish you had. Because I'm gonna tell you something, if you live in light of what you wish you had, well, you're going, you're going to be discouraged. You're going to be depressed. That's where it comes. That's where a lot of it comes down to. So I look at what someone else has, and I say, "What's well, not fair? It's not this." And so depression, anxiety, all these things kick in because why don't I have it? It's not fair. All these things, and if we're not careful, those things can be so overwhelming that we don't ever live in light and in the joy of what's right in front of us. Here's a simple example. Let's say a mom or a dad who has whose fulfillment is found in a position. And so they work and work and work and they never home because they want to fill a position, right? Well, they want to fill this position, but they've lost the time with their family. And so in years down the road, their children are distant to whatever. See what happened? Well, when we were home, you found your position. You found something you were fantasizing about more important than what was right in front of you. And that's what we do. We, we, we look at what we want and we create this fantasy. Here's the problem with creating this idea of what we want is when it doesn't happen, we get angry at what we think are the reasons we don't have it. 
And we get angry at people holding out on us. We get angry at those who do angry at those who do have it. We get angry at somebody who has something nice or somebody we think is the reason we don't have this and ultimately gets back to God. That's just the point. It's empty. It's vain. So let me, let me finish the last minute or so with giving this, this premise, right? Better is the sight of the eyes and the wandering of the desire. So what I would encourage you to do is look at what you do have and what God has and make it the best you can. Get the house you have and make it the best you can. If you gotta fix it after do some things, great, do it. Make it the best you have. But again, it's not about the four walls and roof. Although you're, that's gonna take a lot of money to keep them up and keep them maintained, there's no doubt about that. But what happens in that house? What are you doing in that house to bring joy? And you say, well, I don't know, that's probably where my depression is. Well then great, find an opportunity to do more with it. Take advantage, look at what's in front of you and say, how can I make this better? How can I, how can I find fulfillment? Because this is obviously what God has given me. If God had given me more, then I would have more, but this is what God has given me. So I need to acknowledge that and say, okay, how can I take advantage of what God has given me? Here's, it's a simple principle that God gave to the stewards. There was a time when God gave, you know, was it one, two, and five talents to these three different stewards. He left for a period of time and came back. And the one who had two invested it, came back with four. The one who had five invested it, came back with 10. The one who had one buried it. Well, he ended up being called the unprofitable servant. His was given away to the guy who had more. The simple premise was we've been given. Now, again, there's a lot of interpretation in the area of eternity and things like that. But a simple principle in that, in that story I'll be careful to understand that. That's a different interpretation. But the application here we can look at, I think, is fitting, is God says, if you are faithful over little, we'll give you more. Now then, that's talking in prophecy, but in the kingdom down the road. But what we can look at is God can give us, God helps us to understand if we're not going to be fulfilled and content and faithful with what we have in front of us, because we're always dreaming of more, we'll probably never get the more. And that's what he's hoping he's understand. Embrace and enjoy and be fulfilled with what God's put in front of you and what God has given you, and then watch him give you more of it. If I'm never content with what I have, I'll never be content with what I get. And that's really what it is. So learn to be fulfilled and content with all that God has given us. And it's a learning process. Paul said, I have learned in whatever state I am to what to be content. I have learned to do it. And it's something we learn. But when we do and we're willing to just accept it and, and enjoy it, there's fulfillment, there's joy, and then you'll be able to see how God might just bless. But it doesn't make a difference because you won't need it for your fulfillment. Well, thanks again for joining us on this Wednesday morning. Greatly appreciate the privilege you give to me to be part of your day. I hope it's a help. Uh, it is a bit of a challenge. I know this one's not easy, but it's definitely fulfilling. It's definitely what will bring true joy, and I hope we're willing to hold on to that and realize that God's Word is true. So if I'm willing to follow it, I, then I will find the joy that God intends for me to have. Thanks again for joining us on this Wednesday. Yeah, we invite you to again join us tonight, seven o'clock here in person or the Bible study online. And we hope you join us again tomorrow. God bless.